You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. Willow, you idiot. It's a baby chicken. All right. We're here again. This is the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast. And I'm John. And I'm Michael. And we are here for another one. One yeah. that Michael, this one Michael has been jonesing to do for like, I think since before we started the podcast, we were like, we need to do Willow. We need to do Willow. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't then, remember that. <laughs> yeah, you've been talking about it for like the whole time. And yeah, then especially, we, like, I know I've been wanting to do it because the series comes out. And I'm like, well, we have to do it before the series comes out. Yeah. And then you've always like, been big on doing that. So, yeah. And then we've been, uh, we, we talked about it. And I think I like watched half of it. And then it just, I don't know if that was why we didn't do it or if scheduling just didn't work out. I remember, but here we are. Yeah. With Willow. A classic, a, a Star Wars classic. I, it's funny, and a bunch of the stuff that like I read around, like almost every article mentioned Star Wars that like mentioned or talked yeah. about. Yeah, well, because George Lucas wrote them both, right? Yeah, so I guess there was like a lot of throwback to there. So, yeah. what is it about Willow? Because I know it's beloved for you. Because every time we've talked about it, you've talked about it in this very reverent way. So what is it about? Oh man, Willow? you're remembering stuff I don't even remember. I don't you feel like I've ever even talked about it. <laughs> no, you have a ton, dude. You've definitely been like, let's do Willow. Wow. <laughs> so what is it about Willow that is beloved um, for you in the show? I've been excited to talk about it. You know, I just, I love movies. I, I love all types of movies. I always have. It's just how I grew up. Like movies are my thing. I watch movies all the time. Um, I like TV shows also. Uh, but there's just something about movies. And so mm -hmm. for me, there's just all types of, of movies that I like. And I like a lot of obscure movies also. I feel like I've seen so many, so many movies throughout my childhood and in my adult life that people ask me if I've seen a movie. And I'm like, no, and then I'll watch it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> Watching this. So I just love movies. But, you know, Willow is one that I remember watching as a kid. I don't know if I watched it a ton um but it's a just a great fantasy movie i've always yeah. i've always thought that it's got a lot of fun i remember i remember the only really the discussion i remember having with it is when you said you fall fell asleep and you're like hey, i don't really like it and i just thought how can you not like willow <laughs> your sound just changed it's you know i was like how could oh, you God. not like willow that's crazy yeah, I don't I I think I remember liking it as a kid. I remember really liking it as a kid. And I don't think I watched it a lot. And so I think it didn't fall into the nostalgic beloved because I didn't watch it a ton. Um but I do yeah, remember seeing either. it. And I definitely didn't remember like how it played out. Like the whole end scene like the 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 sorcerer duel um, I didn't remember any of that. You know, the thing that's really, you know, uh, it's fantastic in this woke woke culture that we're in, that there are so many movies out there that absolutely have been feminine, strong movies that like, it's like they've never been made. But this is one that's very strong. You know, I think it was significant that I'm going to forget her name, the daughter, the princess. Warrior. Oh, yeah. Sorsha. Is that like the of the? Queen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one that falls in love with Val Kilmer's character. Yeah, Sorsha. And, you know, and it's she's like... she's redhead. Dude, she's And the baby good. 
prophecy is redhead. I was those I two facts alone. I was like, John should love Dude, this movie. Seriously, <laughs> no. And she's a she's a looker and a, and a great character. The thing that was the thing that was interesting to me is that she was never belittled, or it was never a part of the vernacular of the movie. That nobody ever like made fun of her or thought oh no, less yeah, of she's her strong huh? as as a female general, like there was never mm -hmm. a quip. There was never, it was just like, yeah, she's the general. She's the strong. Like, and it was really interesting to me that that wasn't like a thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, Oh, here's a woman making her way. She just was the, the princess general. You yeah, know I mean? no, that I was, was really significant. That was for the pecs for the, the Nelwins, right? They all got belittled. <laughs> the little people. <laughs> yeah. Constantly. Like that was overriding, like through the end. And I, I hated that word. It felt demeaning. Well, it yeah, felt... I, definitely. <laughs> well, and there was just no love, like everywhere they went, it was like just this vitriol, like towards them or towards them. It was really interesting. That Ew, it was so, yeah. It was so like palpable. And, and it's fun too, because the chosen one is a female too, right? The one that's supposed yeah. to, to yeah. really fulfill the prophecy. Yeah. And then the, the people in, in power are these are two female, female sorceresses, right? Right. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, it, it is. I don't think I've ever really even thought about it. Yeah. It was <laughs> so a really a profoundly, a profoundly like strong feminine, heavy cast, you know, yeah. and roles. And it wasn't like they were making a bit. It wasn't like they were all like out about it. It was just the nature of the story, you know. What yeah. I mean? And she, honestly, for me, she kind of made the movie the the queen. What was her name? Did you? I don't oh, know. I can't I remember. You're talking about the queen sorceress lady that's yeah. trying to kill everyone, um, or not kill everyone, Jean trying Marsh. to queen kill the baby. Bavmorda. Yeah, Bavmorda. I think. Yeah, I think Morda? that's right. Something. Um, it was something like that. And I remember her from like other shows, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. she was wicked, man. She was an evil lady. Yeah, I mean, she was just, at all costs, right? She right. didn't care and who she, it affected. And, and I felt like she was very believable as well. Like I thought she was one of the better act, you know, actors in the show, one of the characters that like she was just very believable um in 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 her role or in her evil. Yeah, I, I would have loved both to the sorceresses were great. Yeah, I thought, I I thought the, all well. the acting was good. It was fun. Yeah, but it, I I would have loved to understood like the nature of her evil. You know what I mean? And and you know why it was that she was felt so threatened by the prophecy. They just mention a prophecy. They don't. It would have been cool if we would have understood or known what the prophecy was more or what it meant about it. it was. But it was just like the prophecy, the prophecy. But um, but. Um, so I would have loved that for her character to have a little bit more depth of of what it was that that you know there was this. I mean, besides just losing power or whatever, you know that typical kind of fear of the evil tyrant or whatever in the world, you know, or whatever it is. But and I also didn't. I wanted to understand the faction that was fighting against her as well, unless I just missed it. That was led by the blondie, the blondie guy, who's yeah. a friend of whatever his name was yeah the other other side well maybe we'll learn more about that in the series i'm not really oh, yeah, quite sure to see what the series follows i'm guessing because willow's in it and and so i'm guessing maybe it follows what happens after the young um what is the baby's name the yeah, baby daikini that's all i can remember there's certain things that i think i've always remembered about this movie um and one of them is when the good 
sorceress lady. Uh, Willow's like turning her. I think he's trying to turn her into a human. Or maybe like, it's at some point she's morphing through the different animals. Like, and there's uh, one point where she's like a lamb or, or a sheep yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, and, that's the last and she's one like, before. Willow, you idiot. That, <laughs> that's that all, and my girls do it all the time. They always <laughs> yeah. say that. And yeah. then, uh, and then the other, um, is, oh man. Oh, I can't, I, my, my mind just went blank. There's another moment in the movie that always stood out to me. Um, but I love, I mean, all the characters are just fun. There's a lot of humor throughout the movie and, and some of it's quite funny. It's just interesting how, how it, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a fantasy story that also has, you know, just a little bit like it has some adult humor, but then it also just has some like slapstick type humor. And so it's got a good mix of uh, all of those things. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I um I I was annoyed. I think the part I think part of what like turned me off a little bit was I was really annoyed by the brownies. Like they just felt like they I don't like I understood that they were trying to be like some of the comedic humor and they had some moments or whatever, but I don't know, I was just kind of annoyed by them, I think, because they felt one dimensional and just like they were there to be humorous but i didn't find them funny some of the time um and uh so yeah that was one of the things that like bugged me there's something else significant that like yeah i I don't know the brownies just seemed like brownies to me yeah like that's (laughs) like that's how brownies like annoyances (laughs) they're just like annoyances all the time or whatever and yet helpful right so they're 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 there to help with progressing the mission along and they Uh do help but then a lot of the times they're just in the way, right? They just do <laughs> things to cause havoc, which I right. that's what I've always thought the brownie is, but they're just kind of maybe. like chaos in motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like they're constant. like a they're like a uh helpful at times chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it's person funny. the people they got to play the brownies were oh, those are wonderful. Super, well, they're, they're super famous actors. actors. Like they're super famous actors. Like both of them. I'm I'm not I can't find them on the on the IMDB list for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I remember them being in stuff together. Yeah, they've been in tons of other stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, so I don't know why they're not showing up on the the major cast list. Um, but I also thought, you know, the other thing that I thought was really strange about the movie is it seems like such a big budget film and it's beautiful at times, but then there's also times where the, the special effects are struggling, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, which I, which I felt like also kind of fit cause it's kind of like campy and cultish. But then other times I was just like, dude, like why did you guys like seem to, I don't know, cut costs here, but had like, I mean the opening visuals of the, the gang of folks from the opening town were so cool. You know what I mean? They were just, they were very Lord of the Ringish. And the very I mean? end too, when they show the town is the same. It looks, yeah. it looks like a Hobbit town. Right. And so some of the travel sequences were so cool. And some of the big, like where they've got some of the big army scenes or whatever was fantastic. But then like some of it, like, you know, like the fairy, wizardy lady in the woods um like was the special effects around that were like really like wizard of oz ish kind of struggling yeah you know I mean? so it was just kind of like 
I don't know. It just like it threw me a little bit for uh, like a, a loop because I became conscientious of it. I'm sure I wasn't as a kid. I think the other thing that I, I mean, there's aspects of this movie that I absolutely loved and was fascinated by and, and really interested in and, and got me really thinking. But then there are other parts that like they felt things felt disjointed and just thrown in and ha- and seemed like haphazard, you know? I think also too, like the tempo of the movie was so much like the chase, the chase, the chase, the chase, the chase. And then it was like the baby got taken anyway. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they were like, they went back. I also thought it was really hilarious that it was like the seance to like kill the baby like <laughs> all night long, <laughs> like the next morning. That they yeah, <laughs> it makes you wonder like how late those things happen. Because I often wondered, I remember as a kid wondering, so they, they were able to get all the horses, right? And they were able to hide. How did you dig so those So that holes? had to have taken, you know, time. Uh, but I, I don't know also if the sorceress just used magic to, to have like, dig all out that the happen. Holes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, yeah it was, that's what, like, so that was one of those things where I'm like, well, that's really cool. But how did they get all the pig people? Because she was doing it like one by one. Like, how did you get all the pig people to turn back into warriors and then get them in the holes? I was like, wait a second. I don't. Nobody well, was like paying attention like there was the wall. less like, people after mm-hmm. than before. So I wonder if maybe they didn't turn all the people into pigs. I kind of wondered about that because the horse, like the people on the horses seem significantly less than the huge crowd that I thought was in front of the fortress yeah. when she, when the evil uh, sorceress was like turning them all into pigs. Yeah. So maybe she, they didn't turn them all or something. Right. You know, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but it's also an 80s fantasy movie, right? Right. So it's like the, <laughs> like the rules a, are the rules yeah. are just like whatever they want them to be. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> which makes well, it great. Yeah, which is like what's kind of campy and cultish and kind of fun about it. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating, uh, like the haphazard nature of it all. Um, oh, dang, I lost my train of thought. There was another part that I wanted to jump on um, in regards to... That I think it was about the last scene, but I'm I'm blanking now. But so yeah, I I thought it. I, so there was parts of it that I loved. Um, I think also too. I think one of the reasons why I was turned off a little bit is I don't love the introduction. I really like Val Kilmer's character, mm-hmm. but I didn't love the introduction to him. You know, he seemed. I don't know. I guess, but maybe it's a part of his arc. But like, he seemed just so egocentric and narcissistic and uncaring and And yet he's the only one that will help yeah which is so appealing to me yeah 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 he's this guy that cares only about himself right but he's the only one to help and yet there's thousands of heroes that walk on by right right and yet he is the only one to help this guy stranded in a prison that just wants out and what does he do he not only helps but continues to help the only reason the baby goes missing is because he was peeing and wasn't looking it's not like he just left the that's so appealing to me is that there's such a despicable guy and yet he's the only one yeah that helps i just think that's so fascinating and i've always just wondered about that like what is it what is it with that? What are they trying to say? And it's similar to like a Han Solo character, right? Right. And so I don't well, know if that was kind of just in George Lucas's mind. It's like, oh, I'll kind of play him well, off kind of like a Han Solo. But it's so cool that 
of all the people that could help. I mean, literally thousands of heroes, like these soldiers, these military people. None of them cared about a baby. And yet it's the one in prison that seems like he only cares about himself that ends up helping the whole time. It's so yeah. cool to me. I love yeah. that about his character. Well, and that's one of the things about this show that's really interesting is it's a real amalgamation of a bunch of other oh, yeah, it is. types of stories. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you've got like a Moses story with flip genders. You've got like a Gulliver's Travelers yeah, like with the homage <laughs> with which is hilarious because you've and got it's this, with it's with the, it's with a Nelwyn, right? Not yeah, even the Nelwyn people, <laughs> and then the brownies are doing the whole Gulliver's traveling, and then you have like the Wizard of Oz, like you know, princessy fairy, you know, God, you know, yeah, uh, giving him the wand, and then there was some other. Then you've got a very like Lord of the Ringsy kind of traveling scenario, yeah, a journey. Like a journey, a real, I mean, a, a heavy journey. I mean, like a good 60% of the movie was like this journey I aspect do. or this running from the the dressed up dogs. <laughs> I do remember the beginning or when I was a kid, I do remember watching this and, and kind of at the beginning thinking, oh, is this like a, a story about Moses? Like, is this some right. type of Moses story? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. of the whole beginning, yeah. right? And yeah. And really, you know, they're killing all the young female babies well, which is kind of, of silly really like interesting why are they killing all the babies if there's a distinguishing mark of the one that's the prophecy yeah, I don't, like, or maybe are they i don't actually i don't no, even they know do. if they're they killing do. them. they yeah they are i think there's a, a reference to that of some kind very early because i i had that idea as well and i think i read it somewhere yeah too. are they trying i'm to thinking like them or kill them? like why are they to be safe the yeah yeah like just to be double safe i guess yeah you know which is which is which is a very Moses thing or whatever. So yeah, I don't and I don't know if that was just an intro piece that he pulled from because it didn't ever because the baby's journey is never fulfilled, right? You know because she, she, you know she's just protected um, by these many different characters, um, but you know her development isn't ever realized besides the fact that. Well, and I wonder if that's maybe what they'll do with the show with the next or one. something. Be yeah, it'll be really, it story. will be interesting for sure to see kind of what transpires. I found, I thought the acting, for me, the acting has always been so great. It always draws me in. I love, so, you know, there's the first part of the movie where you're introduced to Willow and then he kind of gets out, right? He's getting out onto the journey. I need, before, to say, I need to say, too, of the Willow Village... That has got to be the movie. I mean, besides me, The Wizard of Oz, with the most, I don't know what the appropriate term is, little people, actors you've ever seen. I mean, it's like just a, a huge cast. And well, any of those great folks actors, that, too. Yeah, there was good. What And that, is it true? I didn't I didn't look it up. But I think I remember hearing it that that the wife and the kids in the film were actually his wife and kids. I oh, think I in have real no life. Idea. I yeah, think that's I'd cool heard if it that. is. I think I'd heard that for sure. I do know that um, Val Kilmer and uh, and Sorsha uh, did get married at one. Oh, were, did they? Yeah, they were well, in an off she, and on again. Relationship she has to be in other stuff because she seems so familiar to me. I feel she like is. I've seen her in other movies. Yeah, she has been for sure. But I love like the acting. So his kids in the movie are great actors. The baby, the the. Uh, they did a great job. Baby is they did so a great cute job and so yeah, good. Getting that baby to do all of those different Amazing. facial. I don't. I can't even imagine how, how much time <laughs> they spent dressing that baby up and doing face up close ups and just taping and then 
you know, some second backhand director like splicing those in, but it was yeah. one of the best parts of the movie oh, is wonderful. the reaction shots. Yes. I mean, because I also thought in one respect, I thought to myself, dude, that's a tough gig, man. Having a baby well, in it that made backpack, the character backpack for, come alive, you know, right? It made it her come alive it and it made her seem like she had more intelligence than a baby would have. Right. Which was, was really cool. Wait to her. I also love like of the little people i feel like they were such great actors and actresses i love the the head i can't remember what he's called like the head the wizard magician, guy the wizard or, he uh, was wonderful and it, there's a couple of things that i just i've always loved about I him thought, so the first one is when he's like let me let me see the bones to kind of see you know what's supposed what's supposed to happen is willow supposed to go or what hi aldwin is his name hi aldwin and he's like oh, the bones tell me nothing <laughs> I love it. And then I love when he sets the bird off and he's like, follow the bird. And the big the kind it goes of heavy the wrong set way. So the guy is like, he's like, he's going back to the village. And then <laughs> he's, he's like, like follow, the follow the bird. Follow the bird. <laughs> I've always loved those those parts. I feel like the little people were great. And I would have loved, it would have been so cool if his friend would have went through the journey with them instead yeah, of just know, going, going back. back. I was bummed. I've quite, always been bummed about that. Yeah, I didn't quite understand where he's like, okay, it's time to go back. I didn't quite understand like, wait, why are you sending your sidekick away, man? He's like just devoted and like, what's the point of sending him back? I didn't quite understand that felt. That yeah, was like one of those things that was a little... Safe. Because that's what Willow's about, right? He's about protecting others. That's the Mm -hmm. whole reason he's the only one that will go. Like this Willow, and this is what's so interesting to me, Willow is the joke of the town. Like everyone teases him. It's not just the the Daikinis, right? It's not just the big human people. It's everyone, Mm -hmm. even even of the Nelwins. He's like the joke of the town. And right. it's so interesting because I love when they're kind of headed out and the head wizard dude is like, hey, what were you thinking? Like, what was really going on in your head? Why did you pick oh, that finger? Oh, about the question about the finger. Yeah, and, 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 um, and Willow was like, oh, I was thinking that I'd pick my own finger. And I love that because what that me- has meant to me, even as a kid, was, oh, like, trust in yourself. You. Yeah, trust in your you ability. You have the capability. Yeah. You have the the power within. And that's what I feel like like Willow is able to tap into cuz he comes from this place of, you know, I think some level of of inadequacy. He wants he feels something mm-hmm. more, wants something more. And and yet every everyone like is pushing back against him. Yeah, and save yet, his wife. I mean, his wife deeply believes in him. Oh yeah, I mean, and essentially that's their really relationship is beautiful. It's like, really I cool. Love yeah, the family in this, and and she's really the one that propels him forward because he's all like, "Leave the baby." Like, yeah, the kids are like, "Don't touch it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just kind well, of funny. that's what's so interesting to me is so she's really the the initial savior, right? Yeah, because he's like, the baby. "Let's just get yeah, let's rid just of her." It. Yeah, and then and then he's like. Well, I have love for this child, which I thought was such an interesting thing. And and it just shows that, you know, all of us need people like we need mentor. We need people in our lives mm-hmm. to help remind us of what we truly desire, mm-hmm. because in that moment, he's like, well, let's not let's not deal with the baby, because I think his fear is what would happen if we deal with the baby. 
But I think inside of him, which his wife was able to bring out, is what's really true, which is his desire to protect, which Mm -hmm. is evident over and over and over again throughout the movie. Right, where he he has this great desire to protect. Yeah, he could have dished, you know, the scenario. Yeah, well, he could have let his friend even come with him. He could have ditched the baby. He could have given up. He didn't have to follow the brownies, right? Right. But he he doesn't. He does what he thinks is going to protect the, the, the most people that he can. Right. And I think that that's such an honorable, cool thing. And the fact that this movie is not only geared around someone, you know, it, it has that theme of of someone who is kind of the outcast, right? Like a Harry Potter type thing. But yeah. not only, you know, he's an adult, right? Or at least a teenager. I don't know how old he actually is. Well, he's in this got movie. a He's got kids. So. Yeah. And and. But then he's also a little person, right? Which how often in life do we feel so little? Mm-hmm. And yet he has so much strength. Like he is not little. He's yeah. not. I mean, and that's what's yeah. so cool about this is even though we feel so little in life, if we can tap into believing ourselves and seeing our potential, we can become a willow. We can become yeah. this great, sor- great sorcerer or wizard or whatever. And, and I think that's a really cool theme in this movie that's just kind of this fun, campy, fantasy mm-hmm. movie. You yeah. know, I just I just love that about that. About I, I thought it was really interesting that there's this back and forth around the magic you know, that there's this aspect that it's like a trick, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the opening yeah. scene that becomes the foreshadowing of getting rid of the pig and then get rid of the baby at the end. And like, I'm going to send it to the realm of safety. And yeah, it's awesome, exist. right? He's doing, what is that called? Illusion. Illusionist? Yeah, like an illusionist or whatever. Yeah. But then there's also an aspect of the magic that's real, real, you know, with yeah. the sorcery and... Um, you know, some of the other, uh, especially around the wand and the sorcerer battle and stuff like that. So it's a Which, really interesting interplay. For me between... as a kid, I feel like my thoughts were different as an adult. As an adult, I'm like, oh, that really brings me into more believability because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I can understand illusion. I can understand misdirection. Mm-hmm. The magic can be harder to understand as an adult, but that pulls me in and brings me into the story more. And that's why I think it's, it's just cool because I feel like they did a great job with being able to entertain all different age groups. I mean, you need to be open to fantasy, but right. they, they did a great job of entertaining. I love, I mean, some of the comedy is great. I love when, um, who is it? It's, uh, um, Oh yeah, that's right. When the the good sorceress is telling Willow to turn her into a beautiful young woman, and and like Mad Cardigan, or Mad Mardigan is is like not into, it. and then all of a sudden he hears the 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 sorceress say that, and then he's like Willow, focus, focus. <laughs> I love like the humor. Yeah, just little, like sometimes he's like staying is just true, not like too kiddish, but sometimes yeah, the humor a, well, is like part, on point, and I yeah. love it. <laughs> that was a part of what I think was hard for me because it was like disjointed. Like it sometimes it was like really like on point and and solid, and at other points it was really yeah like kiddish or like uh-huh. which is or, like, just it's just like, you know it's just a little all over the place. movie, right? And that's what. You know, I think that's what I'm drawn to. I, I Like I was saying in the very beginning when you asked me, I love movies. I just always have. I've seen so many movies. It's insane. And that was like my thing that we would do all the time as a family 
growing up, we would just go to the movie store, rent a bunch of movies, and Mm. we just do movie marathons. And I feel like because of that, I've just grown to just love like all types of movies. And, and, and I think that's why sometimes I'll, I'll, there'll be some of these movies that are maybe more outlandish, but I'm like, no, that's a great movie. Just because for me, there's that nostalgia Mm -hmm. of what we did as a family growing up. And then I'll watch the movie and I'm like, whoa, that was, that was rough, (laughs) but I still (laughs) love it. Even though it's not totally, Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you You for sure. You know, what's interesting too. We were talking about how this homages to a bunch of different stories. I thought that the double headed, I guess, dragon. Oh yeah. Was was interesting. Didn't you think, uh, didn't you think their faces look like the monster in return of the Jedi that Luke faces off in the dungeon when he gets pushed into the dungeon by, um, What's his bucket by uh Yeah. Um who's the one that who puts it in Return of the Jedi? Who puts him in the dungeon? Big greasy uh um, guy. I can't you're Why you're talking about when he they're on Tatooine in Jabba's Palace and ja- gets, yeah, Jabba gets Jabba. Oh, okay. Yeah, pushes okay. him into the with the yeah, monster. The are, face oh, and the shoot. teeth. What are those the guys face, called? The face and the teeth look like the the double headed dragon. Did you know that the names of the double headed dragon are like spoofs on uh, e- uh Siskel and Ebert or whoever the reviewers were in the eighties? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, Siskel yeah, and Ebert would have been Yeah, yeah. So they're like they're plays on their names. So it's like uh, it's like George Lucas was making fun of oh of the monster, you mean? Yeah. How did I read that? I read it somewhere because they were going on about how it kind of showed that George Lucas was a bit thin-skinned because he had to make fun of Siskel and Ebert by... Well, I don't know if it was George Lucas because he just did the story, right? And Ron Howard directed. So I wonder if Ron Uh, Howard... Whoever. Yeah, whoever it was. Which I thought um, was awesome. I I didn't remember that Ron Howard and George Lucas were a part of this movie. I thought that was really interesting um, to be reminded of. um, Let's see. I'm trying to... Is this the article? that I read two articles. So I didn't think that when I saw those the monster guys their faces. But, but one time I did think of Star Wars was Empire Strikes Back when he's in the ice cave. So when they're they're fleeing um Sorsha, um mm-hmm. Val Kilmer or Mad Mardigan and Willow were feeling fleeing Sorsha, they're on the sled, right? And they go through like that ice cave thing and then shoot yeah. out on the other end. That time I was like, Oh, that's kind of like uh Luke on Hoth. <laughs> yeah there was a lot of references and i think the music was the goonies music it was either goonies music or it was raiders of the lost ark music there was music that was definitely in another film who did the music i don't know but it was it wasn't john williams i don't think it was absolutely music like identical music to like uh the goonies or one of the other so I thought it was really interesting. So you have the trolls, right? And then and then he like does a spell to like get the troll away, but the spell turns the troll into this monster. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting in, in, in that that's just to provide more danger or like why, I wonder why they had that happen and why it was a two-headed monster they to me with the bumps on their head they just looked like is it 
bronchi bronchiosauruses or something the ones that the, have it was the, i think it was like the bump. mouth and the forehead made me think of the monster like the mouth looks almost identical to the to the monster's yeah, mouth yeah and it's gonna and bother me what i i it's at Ebs, the tip of my okay mind. so the eb or siski so eb or so it's like um and then siski so like siskel and ebert so that you've got eba ebo R, which is part of Ebert's Siskel. Because so, there's one, sorry, there, there's, there's one in, in, uh, Mandalorian R rancor, a rancor, a rancor. How, how do they say it? Rank, rancor. I think it's a rancor, is what you're thinking of. That's what's in Java's in, palace. In Java's palace, and oh, then okay. also, um, Boba Fett ha is gifted one, if I remember right, in Mandalorian. Oh, is he? and and that's what. Uh, so the monster in Willow in is called or the or Eboris, it's Book of Boba Fett. Sorry, Eborisisk, E B O R S I S K. So it's an amalgamation of of them. Just Ebert. <laughs> so then it's interesting because if that's true, then they represent criticism, which is Willow's greatest foe in the movie. Right? Interesting. Good connection. So yeah, that could be true. a really cool. Yeah, kinda. and the thing that that brings doubt the thing that brings hesitation yeah. when faced off against that so yeah he had to face off and and of course you know defeats them right like how did they die how did the iborskis die so so uh mad martigan did stabs a, oh a like jumps on its head yeah which of then, course the chick is really like and turned on by she gets yeah, she has one of her like, moments dang, of like he's yeah. like because she's a great uh fighter right i was so really I think, confused I think that I was really confused by what fueled her betrayal to her mom. Like, there, well, there her mom treats her like crap. Yes. Well, the mom's an evil tyrant. So, fair yeah. enough. But what was it about? Like, did you catch? I even went back and like watched it because I was like, wait a second. When did, I'm like, when did she flip? I mean, it was during, I guess, that scene. I right? think like, Mad Mardigan is what flipped her because she saw in him something that actually cared about her which she keeps questioning she's like well that's not real and then mad Morgan doesn't oh, remember that's right. so then she's like i knew it right i knew this wasn't real and but then she sees genuine care in his eyes and i think that's really the first time she's seen that because her like mother love. doesn't have it for her like her so mother do you, doesn't care about anyone do but you, herself that initial um like enamoration or you know when Val Kimmer is initially yeah, he gets enamored the with pixie her ducks is that the is that the yeah. pixie dust yeah, the influence love, is love that what's potion. going on in that scene <laughs> and so he's like nine. totally enthralled by her <laughs> yeah which is interesting because that's a lot of how falling in love can be you know yeah I mean? it can just be like uh -huh. you're the greatest thing that's ever existed <laughs> yep the dark and then it wears off the way and, and yeah hit him in the face with his their love potion bag. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay. That's what I was wondering. Cause I didn't remember him getting like painted in pixie dust during those scenes or whatever. No, he just, they like, there's a short scene where he's doing something and the brownie is like doing something and, and, and somehow the bag gets like flipped up and yeah. hits Mad Morgan in the face in the and the head. dust kind and of then poops. he sees her first. Yeah. So, so there's like, and that's why I was kind of wondering how the love potion works because he saw a bunch of people, but I think she, I think she was the first female he I saw. I think it's the first thing that your eyes fully land on that your attention fully is grasped on. Because well, I wonder if there the has one, to be some connection to begin, like you have to have some attraction to well, begin with. And well, the brownie and so I falls in love that. with a cat. So I don't know. 
Well, it's the in- one. Well, maybe the brownie likes cats. Who knows, right? They're brownies. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, but so I was interested. But what do you think for her? So it was just that I, I don't remember. Was there something in that scene where they're facing off against the two headed dragon thingy, the Aborskis, that happens there? Does he protect her or something? Or does he block her from being injured or something like that? Or. Is she getting kind of run through by her army or does her army abandon her? Because he kind of like kidnaps her, right? Doesn't he kidnap her? Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of that scene, he's got the dagger and he gets her away and puts her on the horse, which I think it's like she kind of willingly goes because it's like if she's a a bad A general, she could have gotten out of that situation with just a dagger around her neck. But so they like are off traipsing on the the horse, right? And then she escapes. She escapes. And yeah, when the skeleton face dude tracks Skeletor. him down. Skeletor. I yeah, thought it was Skeletor. Skeletor. I, yeah. I mean, it looks exactly like Skeletor. Yeah, Skeletor-esque His face for is exactly sure. like Skeletor. Like even the eyebrow enunciation. Uh-huh. Like, totally. I'm like, dude, that is As a kid, I always Skeletor. thought that too. Oh, I always God. thought, oh, it's Skeletor in dude, real gets life. Dude, the guy gets stabbed. <laughs> like, like Kilmer has to stab him like three different times. I know. <laughs> he like stabs him like, and then he like puts the, I love how he like throws the one sword down and then like pulls him down onto the ground. Onto the sword. Yeah, like, onto the, I think he pulled him down on his own sword, the jagged sword. Yeah, right? the jagged like, uh, like. And uh, then to kill him, he had to kick him off and have him fall down like two stories. Yeah, and, and three swords wasn't even. Died. Yeah, three swords wasn't even enough. He had to like throw him. <laughs> he was hardcore. He was no I joke, think, dude. So, I, yeah, I know that she escapes when, when he comes and then. And then I think she's just really curious, is that real? Because I think she's really skeptical that anyone can actually Would love someone. Love her. Yeah, I guess so. Because and, if you grew up around that kind of tyranny and that kind of just objectification. Well, and isn't there things she hears Willow say also at times about really caring for and doing and what's right? And protect yeah, protecting the the, the baby. Because she probably never felt regarded in that way, right? Yeah. She's just a tool for her mother. You know, her mother just assumes, and they like I make wonder... eye contact. So I think she can sense something, and I can't remember. If, I can't remember exactly what happens. Um, I think she's just impressed. I think she's impressed with his ability because I think she thought he was just some like thief scoundrel, scoundrel guy, but he's actually right. a very skilled fighter. Um, you know, as he proclaims when they when they meet him, right? What is what does he say? He's you like, I'm mad I'm Mad Mardigan, the best swordsman, swordsman or in like the that. world, or something. Well, and then like when when what Willow is, sees him pick up a sword for the first time, he's like, You are really talented with the sword, greatest swordsman who ever lived. I think is what there he says. Go. But yeah, he does. When he finally gets a sword, he's like swinging it around which as a kid when yeah. you see that you're like oh, you're like oh this guy cool. is especially when he's swinging it around and he's holding it in the opposite direction yeah that oh, was big i remember cool. that as a kid being like oh and i used That's to cool. when i had my my wrapping paper roll thing yes. i would do that hold it Turn backwards. the other way hold it backwards <laughs> like that's how when they... i was pretending to be he-man yeah. Or when I was pretending it was a lightsaber, it was either yes. He Man or usually always the lightsaber. I usually it was always a lightsaber. Oh, I would be He Man play swords because yeah. He Man's great because the lightsaber is tricky, right? Because you don't want to have an extended lightsaber just out all the time, and so you kind of are stuck with the long Christmas paper. But then with a sword, you can't bring it in. It's it's a sword, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. then you just stick it in the back of your shirt, and then you're right. good to go. It's like yeah. you are He Man. 
by the power yes. of Grayskull. By the power. I have Grayskull. the power. <laughs> what do you um? Do you think there's? What do you think that that uh ty- the tyrannical objectified daughter is a a type or a shadow? I was really trying to think about like that was interesting because I was really surprised that the mother was so apt to kind of like send her daughter to the spikes. You know what I mean? Like when she feels or realizes the betrayal of her daughter, that she's so quick to throw her at the spikes. And I think it's the other sorceress that stops her from hitting the spikes that saves her. And I was just really like, yeah, like I guess it just speaks to the the deeply evil and tyrannical nature of of the evil sorceress that she would just be well, like, it oh, shows- yeah, you've betrayed me. So um, there's no reclaiming you. There's no expressions for you. There's just like, well, oh, you betrayed me. Shows I'm cutting your throat. The really the conflict that arises within a parent-child relationship. You know, a child looks at a parent, especially through developmental years. That uh, parent it's almost, is it's like a good god. Is, yeah, exactly. And and so things that happen during those years can be perceived or seen as truth even though mm-hmm. that parent is just as much as a child in the par- parental role um, right. because we're learning and growing as parents, right? This is a whole new role to us um, really for your child's whole life because <laughs> as children grow, parental roles change. But but it's really interesting because you know I think that she sees her mom as as her mom and so you know there's there's usually this time in which i feel like all children realize wait maybe some of the things my parents are doing or aren't wrong. what i want to do right, right. aren't or what wrong works for me yeah and yes. and so i think that it's really interesting cuz in this relationship i think she struggles with uh, so sorsha struggles with this um back and forth of this is my mother I want to show her that I'm Loyalty. enough. I want yeah. to show her that I can measure up to what she expects. And yet she's having these moments where she's being exposed to the outside world, right? Exposed to people who have strengths just like she does, who will stand up to her, you know, even though her mother is all powerful. And I think that that creates this, this, position for her in in that adolescent usually late adolescent area where where we have this moment of wait maybe there is other ways to do things mm-hmm. maybe some of the things my mom has been teaching me isn't correct or isn't well and it's interesting that the love of Val Kilmer is what kind of pulls her out of that or allows her to do which, to which identify or develop once again is so funny to me because his love comes from a place of a potion, right? So it's initial. Yeah. yeah. And and yet it becomes real, just like in the beginning, this guy that only cares about himself, but yet is the only one that will help the person in need. And it becomes real. So I love that kind of the, how they flow with that throughout the movie, where it's this almost seems like fake, and yet he's not fake. Mm-hmm. He does follow through. Yeah, he he well, just you know, does just, have self interest. Also, well, he's got well, yeah, he's got rough edges. You well, know, who I mean, doesn't? It's, it's that journey, honestly, right? right? Yeah, who who yeah. of us don't? Yeah, I mean, and that's what I love he's about figuring his figuring out. 
Yeah, he's figuring out where his nobility is. He's figuring out where his loyalties lie. He's figuring out what matters, you know, what doesn't matter. And I wonder also, because it's kind of like in, so you think about love interests of, of like how, not love interests, how we develop as humans to where in the beginning, a lot of times uh, a male will show uh, interest in someone by not liking them or by thinking they're horrible. And that's what Mad Mardigan is doing, right? He doesn't think she's good. She, He's like, she kicked me in my face. How can I like her? And yet he likes her, right? So I think, <laughs> I think he liked her probably from the beginning. And when mm-hmm. he first saw her, right, that's the very first time he sees her when he's dressed as the lady, which is a funny, I think, that we got to talk about, but let me finish this one first. So yeah, he, yeah. he's dressed as the lady and, and he sees Sorsha and he does like a double take and you can tell right then he's, he's definitely physically right. attracted, but I think it's more right. than physical. Cause he's like, wow, this is a lady <clears throat> who is strong, right? Yeah. Who yeah. is his, Commanding well, we that. learn later. She's maybe not, not so strong. She's just, you know, trying to gain her mother's love and, interest until uh, she finds somewhere else where it's a real genuine love that's being offered to her and i think that's what pulls her pulls, pulls her over to willow's side and yeah. and with mad mardigan but we got to talk about the scene where mad mardigan this is when willow finds mad mardigan again and yeah, he's he with stumbles. this lady who's married yeah. or i think she's right. married it or seems in like a relationship is, is a, yeah well, and it's hilarious too like that uh yeah that the the love interest of the girl he's with is like do you want a mate is that what he says i, do you I love it do you so want to make Babies so or he's like he so say? upset, right? Because he's like, yeah. he, he says, "Do you want to breed?" Because oh, Felicity that's the asked me. She's like, "What is breed? breeding?" And I was like, "Well, typically <laughs> that's when two breed. animals have sex and they have babies." And she's like, "Why breed? would he want to have sex with a animal?" Like, I think she asked me. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I think he's just saying I want to have sex with you." <laughs> it was a really funny discussion, yeah. but I this scene is so funny to me. So she is potentially committing adultery. We don't really know the relationship. A betrayal, nonetheless. A betrayal. That's great. Yeah. So she's having a betrayal, and the the guy comes in and is, like, really upset. But as soon as he sees Mad Mardigan all dressed up, he's all, like, wanting to get on. So it's, like, <laughs> right. so, so messed One-sided. up a relationship yeah. right. where she's Double having standard. this, this betra- she's committing a betrayal and then yet he comes in all upset and finds out it's a woman and then it's so funny because he's like, yeah, you want to breed seeking. and then he even grabs he's... Mad Mardigan's chest. Yeah, seeking a betrayal or seeking a <laughs> And a then he's like all into it until he learns Mad Mardigan is a man and right. then he, he gets Of course, really that's what gets, upset. that's what, that's what uh, provides them. the opportunity yep. to get out of there is the, all the consternation that comes. I think that that guy was the guy that plays Little John in Robin Hood with Kevin oh, Costner. Oh, is it? I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, is, I is think it that's Little John from, from Kevin Costner, so. Robin Hood? Is that what you're yeah, talking I was about? Trying, yeah, I was trying to find him on the, the list, the, the IMDb list. One of the things that makes the IMDb list hard to follow actors is they'll put current pictures of the actors yeah with so you don't know old they, so yeah like you're like wait a minute is that right yeah and i'm like can you put the movie picture versus like a current picture because yeah i they agree. look old now and i can't remember because they look like the guy that plays kale the blonde like his current like photo for himself as an actor he's like all buff and bald so it's like wait is that the blondie that <laughs> who is that was, kale you know, the friend 
isn't that the guy that's uh, the blondie that gets killed that like Valkymer kind of avenges oh, and killing Skeletor? Yeah, at the very yeah, end? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like his current his name is Pat Roach and his and like his current like actor picture, he's like jacked and he's bald and has like this brown mustache. And so it's Crazy. like wait, it's like, wait, is that the guy? But if you look real close, you're like, yeah, that's him. I think his facial features like look at love. Unless it's Eric with an A. That might be him too. And that's Oh yeah, it. Eric was the character. That's oh, the okay. that's the guy that was his kind of friend, but he was like the leader uh, of the rebellion yeah, that or looks whatever. More they like were. him. Yeah, that's Gavin O'Hare. Oh. Yeah, it's like A E R I K or or A something like that. I think that's yeah, it. that's definitely him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's you know I I feel like the like the what makes movies great like in the and they still do movies like this that are are fun. But I I love how it's just so funny to me watch some of these movies that we watched growing up as a kid. And just to see how much stuff is in it, like (laughs) that whole scene where she's cheating and then he's like groping on her. There's so many different things. happening. There's a lot of sexual like content right there. I mean, there's no nudity or anything besides Mad Morgan. You know, you can see his chest at times, but no, this movie was thankfully pretty benign. They didn't sexualize it a lot. And I don't think there's any cursing either. I I think it's just violence and then sexual innuendo, I guess you'd call that. Yeah. Do you know, it's incredible to me how many awesome movies came out in 1985. I was looking at a list or something when I looked up this movie and it was like awesome movies from 1985. I might have added it to, I was trying to add it to our list of like movies to do. And there is so many great movies from 1985. Is this it? Yeah, there are yeah, a lot is. of look fun at this. movies this. from the look 80s this. and 90s. This is a, no, this is just 85. Listen to the top movies of 85. Okay. Back to the Future, Back to the Future, uh, The Goonies, Return of the Living Dead, Better Off Dead, The Breakfast Club, Rocky IV, Rambo First Blood Part Two, Commando, Fletcher, Legend, uh, Day of the Dead, Return of Oz, Weird Science, Kiwi, uh, Enemy Mine, which you didn't remember, um, and then like Live to Die. Oh, we have to do Spies Like Us. Do you remember that show, dude? I don't know. With uh, Martin, Steve Martin, and it's like a spoof on spies. Like, they're like accidental spies, like in a Russian conflict. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I vaguely remember something with The Steve Last Martin Dragon. Like, look, listen to all those shows. That's just 85, dude. Sherlock, the young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, there's All tons of those of are movies. 85, dude. Silver Bullet, The Black Cauldron. Like, all of those were 85, just from 1985. Like, just, they don't make, like kind of adventure kind of silly like movies like that anymore you know they've gotten into all these superhero movies and they don't they don't have any of these kind of movies that become kind of cult classics and you know adventure movies like it's like that genre has kind of died or something or yeah yeah and i wonder and i wonder if maybe they make them they just don't come out they're just not blockbusters theaters as much anymore because i feel like there's a lot of movies that will come out finally on like one of the streaming services and yeah. it'll be like 2021 or 2022. I'm like, whoa, I never, like, I didn't even know that came out. And, and so I wonder if maybe they're just very short lived in the theater. I mean, 
20 and 21 and those are kind of misnomers because of, of covid and oh, things yeah. just not being open Shut but yeah. but still there's like movies like I, I saw one the other day that was like 2018 or 19 and i was like i don't remember that coming yeah, out yeah there was something else that nick and i watched the other day i don't remember what it is now either and it was like from 2016 i was like i don't remember that show yeah, so I think yeah. I think it maybe it's just different. I wonder now. also too if the stream of how movies were adverted because it was just TV. Yeah, like, and we don't watch nobody watches TV anymore, right? And so like, you know, if a movie was going to be put out in the media, like it, you're going to see commercials on TV, and we just like yeah. I don't see the commercials only way for you, TV movies. Yeah, is you, like, unless you have YouTube. like a streaming service that has commercials right, right, or, right. or youtube like yeah like you're saying you don't it, see what's kind of coming out you know? yeah yeah that's what i i feel we were in the a hotel over this last week and and yeah it was interesting just to see commercials again because even oh, like yeah. on streaming services the commercials are a little different they're limited, right? They're a little bit more yeah. brief. Yeah, like Nick and I, we were at a hotel too because she went with me when I went to up to the conference. And it was like, it's crazy how many commercials there were yeah. per minutes of show. It was like, <laughs> it was like... That's why a 30-minute show minutes. is only 20 minutes. It was like seven <laughs> minutes of show and like eight minutes of commercial break it felt like you know what i mean and it was just really hard to watch man but it's just so interesting how that whole model and that whole kind of getting information out i mean because tv was the well, standard that's like, what that made was it. tv shows like i remember growing up you know we would there were shows that we would watch that were like the hour-long shows and i remember like we would watch them and it'd be great and we'd watch them every week but you have a good amount of break built in to where commercial will come up and we'd all go do something and then yeah. come back when it started. Get your snack or Where whatever. it's really hard for me to stream those 42-minute episodes of shows, especially when it's like 24 episodes a season and there's like 20 seasons or something crazy. That's really hard because I get like burned out with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because I grew up in an age where we had built-in breaks. breaks yeah. yeah that's a good point and and with streaming you don't it's just straight through although yeah, my wife watch movies at times. my wife has the ability to stream or binge watch that i can't even hang like when we were totally in like <laughs> she has uh, the gift. like the brooklyn 99 i'd watch we'd watch like two and i'd be like good and she'd want she would watch like because they're like twenty two minutes, right? Yeah, the short ones I can usually do. Yeah, but it's like I'd watch two and I'd be like, okay, I'm good. Like, I, let's like let's let's have some variety. Like, it's been fun. But she'd want to watch like five, <laughs> and and so consequently, like she would be like she would carry on without me. Well, the crazy thing mm-hmm. is, is five episodes is a normal length movie, right? I mean, not right. e- it's only an hour and forty minutes, <laughs> right? But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, in the 80s, there's a lot. This one, wh- when was this one? This was 88, Five. I think. I think it was 85. No, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on, let me look. And uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I love, I love the, the actors in this. I, I remember as a kid watching it and, and loving yeah. it. But for me, you know, I feel like, yeah, Willow is just a classic fantasy. So what do you- what do you think was the key moment before we tie up of Will of Willow's ascension over doubt? Was it just the desperate moment to to protect 
the baby because he because the cool thing is is it's like he's cultivating real magic this is what i was kind of commenting on before because it's like this interplay of real magic and illusion or trickery and it was interesting to me that like he was using and 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 cultivating the capability of real magic the lifeblood of the universe or whatever the line was in the movie but then like his real um success came with him using the skill he had of illusion right how yeah. does she die how does she die oh she gets like struck by lightning is that what happens after he like gets rid of the baby and she's like freaking out does the lightning come through the skylight yeah she, she gets die? like poofed away by the potion she was making when yeah when i think the lightning oh, combines like with that potion blood, like spilled all the blood and then she pieces. like turns into that red so we don't know what actually happens to her, right? Because uh, she gets like turned into that red mist stuff and kind of goes up. Oh, right, with the knocking over of all the potions. Yeah, because well, so, it's interesting. So she too, might right? be because in the new because she threw the rock. He threw the rock, and she starts to turn to stone. But then she yeah, like, the overpowers it. Mm-hmm. The acorn, yeah, yeah. So it's I really. Think, I just think it's really interesting that there's this interplay of like real magic, but that he wins through trickery and kind of uh you know wit versus magical power i don't know there seems something significant about that i see him as darkness really having a lot of opportunities to build resilience Mm -hmm. where he sees his you know he sees a hardship doesn't turn away from it and then moves through the hardship and then gains that confidence that i can and i see it like I, I feel like it's a culmination of all those resilience building activities that he participates in throughout the movie that he's I think then turns able him use, into. Well, he's able to yeah. use the talent and, that he already yeah. has. With well, confidence. he sees his own divine nature, right? Because right. that's what resilience does for us is it sees right. what we have well, within tr- us. Right. And you use the tools that you had, right? Like yeah. even though the magic abilities he hadn't really cultivated but he did have the illusion, the skills of illusion. And well, that's really what, well, and the cool thing is, is he has magic in him. Like mm-hmm. he knows things, he senses things. It's like the force within us, right? It's mm-hmm. like the spirit within us. And I think that it's really, really cool because, um, you know, it's like when we talked about our bike ride episode and I was talking about how that was a really cool resilience building experience for me because I had mm-hmm. the injury where my knee just, gave out basically and and you know i i saw that i could do something that i wasn't sure i could do but i was able to do it because i was able to do it like i didn't Mm -hmm. get anything new i was blessed with with the the sight of my own my own ability but my own ability was already there and i think that's what's really cool about resilience is it's not a gaining of a new ability beyond that ability being to see your own ability your own trust divine nature your own potential or to trust in the the capability you've already yeah let's say exactly and i think that's for me what i see a lot with willow throughout this movie is he is the butt of the joke like he mm-hmm. is despised you know by most everyone except and, for the village uh you know the village uh, mentor which believes yeah which sees something, something which him. is why he i think that's probably what really spurs him on in the beginning is the love of his wife his children and then what the wizard elder 
guy says to him about, well, what would, what were you thinking? Why did mm-hmm. you pick my finger? And then he says to him, well, that was the answer. And I think that mm-hmm. that was a moment for a resilience building Didn't moment he right asked there. Him, there was something in there too, where he asked him like, well, what do you want to do? Like he whispered to him something like, what do you want to do or something like that? Or, or what do you, and, and he said like, I want to do this or I want to protect the baby or whatever. And so then he's like, yeah, okay. I think that's when he says, I love her. Yeah. Or do you have Why love you... for this child? And I think he says, yes, I do. Yeah, Something I said, like yes, that. I that do. was like a softer like whisked, moment. Yeah, like in between to like, it was like he was checking in, like, or do you want to do this for the right reasons? Kind yeah. Of yeah. Which is, so, you know, part of the guide of, of a mentor is to kind of bring out what's already there, right? Which this yeah. does really well. Yeah, I think totally. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Willow is such a neat character because of that fact of like this resilience building over and over and over again. And then I feel like Mad Mardigan is such a cool character just for the fact that he's like, he's just self-absorbed, just wants out. And yet that's the person who is willing, which makes sense, right? Just face value or like, well, of course he's willing to do it. But he he's not only willing, he actually does it, which is, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, People in a desperate position, I feel like if I'm going to stereotype, I would say, well, they'll do anything to get out of that situation. But he takes the baby and he's like, I'll take care of her. And he does until the brownies still the baby because the brownies are trying to take her back to this. Uh, the princess. Prin- yeah, fairy goddess, lady. Yeah, whatever she was. Yeah, I can't remember is. what they called her. <laughs> the, she had a name, incredible, but they, they also had a, she had a title. Like The it, amazing it. special effects of the woods. Yes. <laughs> that give her her godliness. Yeah, that those special effects were really struggling. And then when the sorceressy battle is happening, and the one is turned to ice, and the other one is in flames, it's just like you could just like flames on top of the screen, <laughs> whatever. Which I well, and of know, course the like brownies. Is... The brownies were particularly bad as well. The green screening of the brownies in was struggling a little bit too. But. That and, and moments of the trolls, right? Moments of the trolls where yeah. they're crawling was a little, it kind of looks like it was just more of like a black spot than, but that's the, that's like, what I love that copy. type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it's yeah. just fun. It's like, like well, oh, that reminds like me Terminator of... two when they're right. driving down the road and right. there's like, it's this wonderfully done movie. And then they're driving and then down the one road scene. and it looks like it's from like the fifties. It's like, what Ridiculous. just happened? And I love it. It's just so right. fun. <laughs> or tremors. Tremors had some of those moments as well. And it just well, it's again, it's like part of, it's part of like, we're just character. having, well, yeah, it's like, it's like, we're just having fun in making this movie, which instead of everything has to be uber believable. Yeah, it's like, because that's part of the fun of going like if you've been to traditional theater, like theater isn't trying to necessarily make everything believable. Sure. You have to use your imagination along with the show. Well, and which think is, about it, which like, is fantastic and wonderful. These, and it draws you in these movies like it. It didn't it doesn't for me, it doesn't take away for me. Yeah. I, I like it. But I'll say this. And this, I don't, I don't know why necessarily, but like when I went to see Dune, if I would have seen something like that in Dune, the new Dune, not the old Dune, the old Dune, oh man, that's got a lot. I bet <laughs> that's got a lot of stuff. But, but the new Dune, I think I'd be like, what the heck? Because that's like, well, I mean, it's just one of the most well done, beautiful movies I've ever seen. I mean, the newest Dune was just. Yeah, cinematography like re- is really it, good. The, it was almost like a religious experience for me in one respect. It was just so <laughs> profoundly 
believable. You know what I mean? I just, the music and I don't know how it was that they were able to like give you, like everything was big. Like everything was Dune. I I don't think it was a religious experience for me, but it was a good one. I just think because it was just so profoundly, I don't know, like, like, I think I was just really like hypnotized and pulled into this world. I think the believe, I think the believability for me is what I'm saying is that it just, it drew me in so much that it, like it made a believer out of me is what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying well, like, the story is great. I mean, yeah, Frank Herbert, I, I mean, did great. Um, yeah. for those of you who haven't been to John's house, I have, and he does have an altar of Dune. Sorry. In his house. I have an it altar is his Dune? love. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? I love this movie. It was great. What are you talking about? The altar of Dune? What are you talking about? I don't about? know, dude. I'm just joking with you. Uh, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I'm, like, are you, I'm like, are you making a reference to Because you just I'm said you're like obsessed and in love with this movie. So I'm teasing you about being in love with this movie. Uh, okay. I was like, wait a second. What are we talking about? I'm like, are, mm. no, I did. I loved the, uh, I thought Dune was great. But we'll talk about Dune some other time. No, we I think do the original is, Dune. Yeah. Well, I think we didn't. We talk about doing like both. Yeah, we could. We definitely could. Juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of both. I liked Willow. I love that. I loved what one. One of the things I opened with is I love that there was not attention to the 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 lead characters of female. That it was just part of the story. I loved that Willow in you know was this legitimate little person that you know, and it seems like too that George Lucas or whoever like made this movie for him there was something that I had read uh, suggested because his first, his debut was um, in the Return of the Jedi in the Ewok movie and it and it was suggested that he made this movie so that this this actor oh, for Warwick Davis yeah that he made the movie essentially cool. or, or decided I, to put this story together to to give him a lead it uh, is really was, like it's crazy like I mean George Lucas has done some great movies. Like it's just oh, yeah. sometimes I think about it, I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's not just Star Wars, right? Or sometimes yeah. you think, oh, it's not just Indiana Jones. You know, yeah. he's done some really oh, yeah. great movie. It's really oh, impressive. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great movie. Um, there was a, just a lot of fun, a lot of campiness, just some, a lot of disjointedness, but definitely. A blast of a show to see for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with the uh, the upcoming series for sure. I know. I wonder if it. I I don't know if it's supposed to be a continuing thing or if it's just like a one. What do they call those when it's just a single season? Oh, I can't, I can't like think a, of the term they it's use. It's not a series. Yeah. Of, it's just a, I so don't hopefully, know. hopefully it's good. You never know, right? I feel like it's always a toss up when they yeah. bring something back. Yeah, but it would be cool if it if it's good. It has um it has Warwick Davis in it. So so it has Willow in it. I would love Do you think it has a lot of the other ensemble of little folks as well? I know. I don't know. I would love to see who else. I mean, it would be awesome if Val Kilmer could be in it, but I don't know how well Val Kilmer can do stuff right now. This other fantasy list in IMDB or some movies in here that we need to do man forgot about some of these ones man like Excalibur's on this list we already did legend and the last starfighter but then it has kroll it has flash gordon enemy mine which i want to do conan 
Highlanders there. We already did Big Trouble. Dude, Cocoon. I loved yeah. that movie as a kid. I loved that movie as a kid. Yeah, I remember loving it too. Because they, like, a, yeah, they leave at the them. end, right? At the end, they leave with the the aliens, right? Isn't that what I, I think? think yeah, all the old people do, right? Right? Because like you're going to die. I, anyway. I haven't seen it in a long I know, time. No, but I, I like. But I remember it. watching it as a kid and just loving it. Yeah. And doesn't it have the guy from, um, he's in some of the police academy movies. I can't think of what his name is um, right now. But isn't he the young guy in it? Like the, is he the sure. caretaker of their facility? I can't remember. I can't remember. I might be getting a couple of movies mixed up too. But it was fun. I really enjoyed watching willow um my kids love it which i think is always fun and uh and it's one that yeah i remember growing up and watching uh but for me for a podcast like this yeah I, there's so many movies i feel like that we could oh, do steve from that Gutenberg. era steve yeah Gutenberg. steve Gutenberg. that's it he was he was in the police academy yeah because he's yeah. the younger person in yeah that. he's, he's the like one. like he's a boat dock worker or the pool guy or something like yeah. that. yeah yeah, yeah. Steve Gutenberg was like a beloved. I'm trying to remember what show it was that I liked him so much. Oh, and I, it might have been the place like a ton movie. of stuff back then. He was in a lot of movies yeah. back in the 80s, wasn't he? He's just like a fun-loving guy, right? Uh-huh. He always played that like character. The Police Academy movies. He was in Three Men and a Baby. Oh, Short Circuit, dude. Yeah, Three Men one and a Baby and Short Circuit. My most do. This short circuit is one of my most favorite movies as a kid. I adored that movie. I've watched that movie a ton because I was blown away by the robot. I thought it was uh -huh. um, like I thought it was as a kid. It, it was right at that believable age, yeah. and I was just like, five is alive." You know what I mean? I just I adored that movie. I watched it so. I thought it was so freaking funny. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I think it was like when I first was getting like starting to get sexual humor too, because there's a lot of like sexual humor. I don't, I don't remember. I, I've seen it a bunch of times also. I remember loving it as a kid, but I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of it. Do you think he's like a Frankenstein? I just, it just occurred to me that like he's brought to life with a, a strike of a lightning bolt. Yeah, it could be kind of like a, a Frankenstein homage to Frankenstein's to Frankenstein monster robot or whatever. Yeah, dude, we got to do that show. All right, we got to get we gotta the list is this growing. One. The list is growing. Thanks, everyone. It was a fun one. Good times. All of them are fun, of course. All, All right, right, well, like us, follow us, tell us what movies you've heard us talk about that you want us to talk about, or. Yes, hear us Share on us. the next one. All right. Thanks, Adios. folks. Bye-bye.